BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. So I'm actually recording this intro on a Monday, and I'm coming off the best parasympathetic day on Sunday, which was yesterday, and I really, really needed it. I feel so refreshed. I cannot even tell you. I had the best massage, such a good everything shower. It was just much needed. So as you listen to this, a reminder that intentional rest is so incredibly important. And I hope you guys take some time this weekend to chill and just like do something for yourself to reset. All right. So with that, this week's guest is Anastasia Dupi. Now I found Anastasia on TikTok a couple of months back and I was like, I am obsessed with this girl's content. I just could not stop looking at video after video. I think that she is really a master of creating an engaged audience on TikTok. She, she her, her content is just so good. And so I knew I wanted to have her on to discuss all things TikTok along with what it's like to switch careers, because, you know, it's a conversation that I've had with a lot of you guys that what do I do if I want to switch careers? What if um, I'm starting a business or I'm going into something full time that my friends and family aren't necessarily supportive of? So we talk about all of that on today's episode. And beyond that, of course, Anastasia shares a lot of her beauty favorites, her dating tips and just things that I I know you guys are really interested in because there were so many crowdsourced questions here. And I think with Anastasia here in this episode, what I loved about her was how clear and real her dating advice was. She recently got married. I obviously went and saw her wedding TikToks and they were unbelievable, like so, so beautiful. But I think her message is that we shouldn't settle and that we should always kind of expect high standards for ourselves. So it's a really good, well-rounded episode, which I think you guys will enjoy. So with that, let's welcome Anastasia to the Dream Bigger podcast. Let's talk about your career. What were you even doing before social media? Because I feel like like I found you in like recently and I was like, her content is amazing, but obviously you had a life before this. So what, what were you up to? Yes. So I've been doing social media for a couple of years now, but before that it was like 2018 when I, oh no, 2016 when I graduated, lies, 2018 when I graduated University of the Arts in London mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to do something with arts. I loved the arts. I was always like into it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a job at an art gallery. Mm-hmm. And that was like my dream. 
And I started working at this amazing art gallery and in London, in London, in Mayfair. And I loved it. It was such a fun job. And like, I loved everyone I worked with and I met amazing artists. And then I moved to another job, which was in a different gallery in London, which was not that great. Mm -hmm. I was definitely not treated the best. It was horrible. I would go home crying every day. They would be so mean to me. And It just sucked. But I was like, whatever, I'm just going to keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened and I got to work from home. I had some more free time. Even before then, I was making TikToks on the side. Mm -hmm. And I was always joking to my husband. I was like, I'm going to be a TikToker. I'm going to be a TikToker. He manifested it. Before COVID, before it was like a thing, like 2019, I remember I was in Boston for New Year's or Christmas, and I was like, I'm going to be a TikToker. And mm-hmm. my husband was making fun of me. He was like, this is silly, but I was doing my little dances. I was doing dance. It was like before you knew what the app was about. And then COVID happened. I started making some videos. And then I had like, I must have had like 50,000 followers on TikTok. Not a lot. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try this out. I'm going to quit my job. I had saved money for like six, seven months. I like did not spend anything. I was like, I'm going to save all my money. And in case anything happens, I have, you know, my savings to fall back on. And I can always get an office job. Mm -hmm. But unless I try this now and I give it a go, I'm never going to do it. And I'm always going to regret it. So... Also, once you quit your job and you put your all into making content and you know there's like it's it's that or nothing, you really put your all into it. And I spent all my days making content and stuff that I wanted to watch. So making content endlessly, endlessly until it kind of like worked out. (laughs) You know, it's really interesting what you say, because I've had kind of like a similar journey whereby I also worked full time and Thankfully, like my last job before I went full time on my own was amazing. Like I I will forever be grateful to my bosses and mentors at that job. But I remember deciding that I was going to go full time as a creator. This is like pre-array. And it was the same thing where I'd saved up some money. So I was like, I was going to be okay for a few months. And I made that same justification that like I can always have an office job. But then I think that when you go forward with this thing. It's like you don't really have a choice anymore. It's not one foot in, one foot out. It's like you are going into it. And I also think that whatever job you go into, like whatever business you're deciding to go into, whether it's content creation or your own business, I think it gives to you what you give to it. You know what I mean? Yes. I listened. I heard an episode of yours and you said that exact thing. And I love that quote. And it's all about like spending time and creating content and giving it your all. Like when you have your job to fall back on, you're like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to post today. But when you quit and you're like, okay, I'm doing this. You got to post. You Mm got to create. You got to do it. And just I was like, I'm going to try it out. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Everyone was against it. My parents, my husband, boyfriend at the time, my friend, like everyone. No one's going to support you unless you're winning. And that is a big thing. Like I feel like everyone goes through. Like once you're successful, it's easy to get that support from people. But when you're trying and you're nothing, everyone's going to be like doubting you. Well, I think the belief within yourself is really important because I think with like whatever business you're going into, especially if you're an early adopter, because you were an early adopter of TikTok. Like if you were going into this full time in like 2020, 2021, like this is early, early days still. It was before the platform really took off. And of course, like, you know, even your loved ones are going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Because they don't see what you see. But it's really important to have the belief and conviction just within yourself. Yeah, like I, I was being paid like minimum wage and they were like, you're never going to make that type of money content oh with a content and influencing. <laughs> you're crazy. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Like I would get like deals for like $50 and I'd be like, oh, my God, like this is insane. Like I thought it was like the most amount of money. <laughs> the first time I still remember I got like a quote unquote brand deal and I went full time with content back in 2016. OK, so that was before we even had the information that we have today. I feel like I'm talking about the fucking dark ages of content creation. OK, <laughs> but I remember a brand sent me clothes for free and I was like, what? First, I thought it was spam. I couldn't even wrap <laughs> my head around the fact that like someone wanted to send me 
clothes. You were like, this is insane. I, I like I couldn't like Anastasia. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I don't even know what's real anymore. But it's really interesting because like, you know, when you're starting out, you're so excited. And like even just those like little little moments are like, I don't know, a sign that you should keep going. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I got I remember getting my first like PR package from like you know, Princess Polly or whatever. And I was like so excited. I was posting thousands of TikToks. I would uh, email brands like, hey, like, can I like post you, like send me your products and I'll post you and make Mm -hmm. this amount of TikToks. I just wanted to like make content and show brands that I can do it. Yeah. And like so many brands just like did not reply. I'm like, it's okay. That's okay. You know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And also I think that like I've always taken it as even if someone says no in the moment, it's like, it doesn't mean that they're going to say no forever. No, I you know? hate them forever. They're on my, I'll never use your products with. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll remember forever. <laughs> never letting that go. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm joking. <laughs> so talk to me about, obviously you were doing, like you said, you were doing like the dances initially, but then when you started to go into it full time, like what kind of content were you creating? And when did you realize that you'd kind of found your niche? Because like, obviously now I go to your page and I know what kind of content I'm going to expect. And like, I have to say, I fucking love your content. It's like really feel good. Like I love your beauty recommendations, but how did you even land there? So I think, and this is a tip I give to all my friends and followers when they ask me like, how do I post? Like, how do I find my niche? Mm-hmm. Do everything. Try out everything. Every style of video that you can think of, try it out and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Try the wellness. Try the beauty stuff. Try, you know, the health and fitness. Try whatever your interests are and see what sticks and then do that. Mm-hmm. So whatever is more natural to you. So I guess I just started doing stuff that I liked to watch. And I am a girly girl. I liked wellness and health and what I eat in a day and beauty routines and workout routines. So I was like, I'm going to make the content that I like to consume because that is what I want to do. Like, that's what I enjoy watching. So if you don't believe in your own content, no one will. If you don't like your content, no one is going to like it. If you're just doing it because you think it's going to get clicks and views and likes, it's just not going to work. Do the things that you like to watch. And that's like my number one tip. So I started doing the things that I really enjoyed watching And it was like a lot of beauty and health. And it was, I started with like a lot of like routines, like morning routines. And I love those because I'm a YouTube girly. Like I grew up like watching like Olivia Jade and like all those like health YouTube girlies. So I started doing those and then I really liked doing them. But I was like, I think there's like more to me. So I'm like, I started doing the what I ate in a day and like more like beauty and that really stuck and like makeup really stuck and like my everything shower routines I love doing. And it's just stuff that I also enjoy watching. I love like ASMR. Mm -hmm. So I like incorporating like a little bit of ASMR in my voice and in my clicks of opening products and stuff like that. Every day we're in a silent battle with our devices, devices that are slowly and stealthily draining us. Our biology is changing to meet the demands of an informative age, but why and what can we do about it? If you're interested in finding the answers to these questions and more, you have to listen to the Body Electric podcast on NPR. So for me personally, I started to notice that every time I woke up and went on my phone straight away, that my anxiety would be much higher than normal. I would just wake up and feel like I was reacting to something versus being proactive, which is how I like to operate my day. So it's been really interesting for me personally to research what technology does to our brain and our body. So Body Electric is an interactive six-part series that investigates how our relationship with technology is impacting our health. From nearsightedness and mass psychogenic illnesses to type 2 diabetes rates doubling in young people, Body Electric is partnering with Columbia Medical School to find out why. Body Electric touches on topics like tips for parents, mental health, debunking popular beliefs, and provides a feel-good tone with solutions you can take part in. I thought was particularly interesting when I was listening to the episode and the trailers was the fact that they talked about how leaving your charger in your room, like in the other room, can be seen as an inconvenience because you actually have to get up and bring your charger back, which is so crazy. Like, I think the fact that we have become so reliant on technology has kind of made us a little bit averse to movement, which I don't know, like, I think everyone has been has experienced at some point or the other. 
So with the mounting pressures of today's society, Body Electric strives to lighten up your load mentally and physically. You can listen now to Body Electric on TED Radio Hour from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, guys, if you're interested at all in understanding the implications of technology and just health and wellness in general and how external things impact our health, I think that this is an incredible podcast and a really good resource. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. I have curated my home like a sanctuary, and I don't just mean in terms of the aesthetic. Yes, my house is like very, it's like the the vibe is wabi-sabi, but also I mean from the functionality perspective. Everything feels really spa-like, very good for you, nourishing, and a part of that is having a really good air purifier. So a few years ago, I started to develop really bad allergies when I went back to my home in Toronto. And I realized it was because there was so much dust in the house. It was really causing serious havoc in my entire system. I was coughing, I, like my eyes were swollen. It was, it was a mess. And so I got an air doctor then because of the amount of recommendations that I got from you guys on Instagram. It was just over and over again. You guys kept saying air doctor is definitely the best air purifier out there. And so I got it and I could not agree more. And so I'm really excited that they're a partner on this podcast. So here are some stats that really shocked me, which I think will really shock you too. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. According to the EPA, indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a hundred times more polluted. Data shows that air pollution is responsible for nearly seven million premature deaths globally. So the solution here is obviously a very good air purifier. And this one specifically from Air Doctor has grabbed the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and obviously also you guys through Instagram and just like your real life experiences. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold, and even bacteria and viruses. So your lungs don't have to. All Air Doctor purifiers also feature whisper jet fans, which are 30% quieter than ordinary air purifiers. You guys, I have to say this really is such a special product and top of the line when it comes to air purifiers and has saved me in the past and will continue to do so. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code DREAMBIGGER, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use code DREAMBIGGER. Enjoy. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. When you started to notice your videos take off, were you very data driven in your approach or were you more like, okay, like today I feel like creating this or like, were you more so like, okay, I'm going to respond to what my audience is also enjoying? I think it's a balance. Like I never wanted to come unnatural. And I think the viewers now are so intelligent, so smart. They know when you're faking it and they know when you're putting something out there just to put something out there. Mm -hmm. So it's like I wake up and I think of like, what do I want to film today? And also what do I feel like filming? Like if I really feel like, oh, like I don't feel good and I don't want to do a morning routine, I'm not going to just fake it for a video. So it's just kind of like day to day thing. I do film like day to day. So 
I'm filming today to post tomorrow morning. When I'm in London, because it's different time zones, mm-hmm. I film in the morning to post in the evening. Like, I film all in the day. I do some pre-filming for, like, ads and stuff, but mostly I'm, like, waking up in the morning. What do I feel like doing? What is on my schedule? If I'm, like, going to the farmer's market, I'm like, ooh, let me make, like, a fun vlog and show them what it's like. I also think about what my day entails, and I'm like, how do I make this into content in a nice, organic way? That's Amazing. Like, I can't believe you just post it like done that morning, like posting in the evening. That's like that's a lot. (laughs) It's it's a lot, but I love it. I live for it. Like I twist and turn in my bed like I'm thinking about content. I'm waking up. I'm writing ideas. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's I love that. And you can tell, though, I mean, what you said before, where it was like I wanted to put out what I wanted to see. I think that that speaks volumes to Like I've spoken to a lot of creators and I feel like the most successful ones always have this sort of answer because they it's I think the key to showing up as your most authentic self. You know, it's not like let me do this because this is the trend currently. It's not because, you know, someone else is doing it and I want to show up as that person. But it's like truly what you enjoy, what resonates with you and you put out that version of yourself. I feel like that like is the same thing with you and your brand you put out the products that you want to take like the Blow like supplements because that's what you actually want to use and yes. i think that is why your company is so successful because it's something that you love and you stand by i love that you say that because i think with content creation i think it can be seen from a lens of a business right and like when we think of successful businesses you're completely right i i mean the best founders, it's like they're solving a problem, not just jumping onto a business because it's a lucrative idea. Mm-hmm. And I always make this distinction because the best founders, I think, are those people who've like who really see a need that they need to solve. And I feel like it's the same philosophy with content creation, which is so interesting. I never equated the two. Yeah, but I think with content creation, the difference is like there's enough for everyone. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if there's like so many lifestyle bloggers, the more the merrier, I think. There's no there's not really competition. Like I love seeing my girls succeed and get views and likes. And if I see them doing an ad, I always make sure to comment and support like stuff like that. I love that you say that because I've I've had questions like this that like, oh, like, do you think it's too late? And I'm absolutely with you. Like, do you think it's too late? Because I definitely don't. I don't think it's too late. You see like Alex Earl, she popped off last year and she was doing content creation, but she got really big last year. So there's enough for everyone. It's and you can do it whenever you feel like filming and it's never too late. Yeah, I completely agree. Also, I think that you you bring up Alex Earl, right? And I think that people see creators and they're like overnight success. And I feel like people have been like hustling behind the scenes for a long ass time before they pop off. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for sure. She was posting like years before and she just saw that those get ready with me is like really got views and likes. And she was like, let me do some more. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with you. I mean, you were doing TikToks like long before you went full time with it, which goes to show that like, you know, you were you were doing it silently before anything really even happened. You I was know? trying, girl. I was <laughs> trying. I was filming every day. It was just like it was my dream. So I'll never complain. You know, I'll never be like, oh, this is so hard or. No, you know? I mean, if if you love it, then like yeah. I feel like the the quote unquote hard is worth it. Like I feel the same way about Array as well. Right. Where like Yes, of course, like certain days, like you go through more challenging times than others, but I love what I do. And Mm -hmm. like even the challenges, like everything makes it exciting and it's all part of the package, you know? Yeah, (laughs) I feel like the company part is so different compared to anything else. Once you have your own company, that is it. It's your life 24-7. Like you breathe and live and like your every day is consumed by a ray. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to bed at like 8 p.m. Like that's when my phone shuts off. No. Your phone does not shut off. That's why I feel like it's so difficult owning a company. Like just thinking, even thinking about the idea one day, I'm like, it is a lot of work and you have to put your heart and soul into it. It's different than content creation. Yes and no. (laughs) So the first year that we had Array, it was, it was fucking crazy. Like I feel like I didn't have anything except for Array. I would sleep at like 3 a.m. And like, that's that's never who I've been. Like, I've always been like a wellness girly with like strong boundaries. I sleep at 3 a.m. because I was doing every part of the business. Nish and I was my husband, my co-founder, and then wake up again at like seven to like continue. It was just like 24 seven. And then 
like a couple of years later, obviously, like it stopped being 3 a.m. because that's not sustainable. But then, you know, it was still to like 8 or 9 p.m. And it was just like health went out the window. It was just all about the company. And then I had an accident in 2021 where I fell off a bird scooter. It was actually oh really God, It was I'm crazy. So sorry. Thank you. I had brain injuries and I was it was it was insane. Like no one thinks that those things are dangerous, but they're really dangerous. Oh, I do, I've I refuse to get on one. I'm do not. so scared. I am the biggest like scaredy cat. Like when it comes to these things, yeah. like if even when I go on vacation, like if there is a bus going to like bungee jumping, I'm not on that bus. Yeah, no. I am <laughs> on the beach with a cocktail in my hand. Like I am not an activity girly. Yeah, it was it was insane. But when that happened, and I felt like it was like a near death experience. Oh, Thankfully, what? I was okay. But like brain injuries, it, it was. So I recovered from my brain injuries, thankfully, all minor, like knock on wood, within like a month or so, I would say. But my wrist was broken in a really bad place. I had like, I got, okay, when when I smile, see that dimple? Yeah. That's from college and loss because I hit my head so hard. So it's not like a natural dimple, oh right? So like all of that, I feel like the impact kind of stayed for like three to four months. And then I recovered, obviously. But I think it's traumatizing. It's super traumatizing. And my big takeaway from there was that our health is literally everything. And of course, you know, there is certain times during the business which are like really crunch times. But that's like in a silo, maybe one week at a time, every like maybe one to two times a year. But beyond that, I never compromise my health or like boundaries around health anymore. You know, like I have to take care of my mental health. Like I have to, you know, put my phone away at a certain time. Like I and I know of founders who want to like grind themselves to the ground and some of them absolutely do. But for me, I want something that's sustainable, you know. And so for me, like, Yes, the business is all consuming, but I'm like, I'm going to try to have a life outside of this, too, so that I love what I'm doing every day that I wake up, you know? Yeah. So did you use that accident as kind of like a lesson? Absolutely. Like, I think that's just inherently who I am. Like, I remember even being in the hospital and like my brother and Nish came to see me like immediately. And I was like, like, obviously, I was so hazy, like hurting everything hurt. But I was like so positive about the whole thing. Like I was smiling about the whole thing. And like they were both like, like, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, like it wouldn't happen to me if I couldn't handle it. You know, like I feel like things happen to you, like adversity comes to you in life. But I also think that whatever adversity is handed to you, it's because you are supposed to handle it. You know what I mean? Like you are equipped to handle it. Like you're never going to be given something that you aren't able to handle. And it's your choice what you choose to do with it. You know, like you can wallow, you can be a victim forevermore. Or you can come out of it being like, what can I learn? Like, what can I apply? How can I change? How can I evolve? And that's always been my perspective in, on life. Love that. Like, you're so strong to be smiling at Thank situations you. like these. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason in life? Yeah, I think so. I think that there's lessons to take away from everything. Also, like, you know, I've I, when you look at your life, sometimes when you're going through like a failure, right, like a quote unquote, like career failure, relationship failure, whatever. In the moment, it feels like you are so crushing, just crushing. OK, it's like your earth is shattering. It's so painful. But then I have never looked back on my life, been like, oh, fuck, yeah, like that happened for no reason because the world was against me. Like, I've never thought that there's so true. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. So in the pandemic, like uh-huh. I was applying, no, right before the pandemic, I was applying to work at Cartier mm-hmm. in their offices for PR and stuff. And I remember getting rejected and being so devastated and so heartbroken and so like crying. And I was like, I hate my job. And now I didn't get this job. And why God? And like, if how different everything would have been if mm-hmm. I have gotten that job. So it's exactly what you're saying. Like nothing that, you know, a, a door has never closed where I'm like, Uh, why did that happen? Exactly. And sometimes you don't see that until like even years later, but you do see it at some point. Like another, like when we're speaking about jobs. So my husband, I remember, so we've been together for a really long time and we got married like recently, but back in 2018, he was going through a job interview where like he was scouted for like a really big tech company and they flew him out for his interviews. And like last round he made it, And then he didn't get the job. okay? and this happened twice with the same company. okay? and it's a big, big company. It was his dream. And 
he was so devastated in the moment. And I was like, Nish, there's a reason for this that we're just not seeing right now. And it's okay. And we look back on that moment now with our business. And it's like, if he had taken that job, if he had gotten that job and it was his dream job, he would have never left it to start a ray. You know, like, why would you leave your like insane dream job to go start a business at that point? You know what I mean? So it's like, you don't even see it in the moment. But that's why I'm like, I know that adversity is going to come to me. It comes to all of us. But it's like, it's always for a reason. And I trust. (laughs) Always, always. I'm such a big believer in this. But oh, my God, having a company with your husband must be so hard. (laughs) Like some days I can't even like we can't even decide what show to watch with my husband. I can't believe like starting a company. To be fair, we can never agree on what show to watch except for The Office. But love The Office. Biggest Office fan. Like fucking funny. I watch it all the time. We have it on the background like 24-7 in the house. Oh, my God. Literally, yes. I'm like, I'm such a loser. Sometimes I'll have a hard day and I'm like, Nish, I want to catch up with my friends. Turn on the office. (laughs) No, I am obsessed with the office. Literally. In terms of working together, honestly, we're like very, very different. Our skill sets are totally different. So I feel like we work really well together for that reason. Like we don't touch the same parts of the business. And I think that's good. And I think we just have like a lot of trust. So like if it, I think, working with your partner it's like if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't and if you're sh- if you don't think it's gonna work then just don't get just into don't it you do know it. don't like, do it you can do two separate things and be really successful and come together in the evening and hang out like that's also super super healthy you know what I mean yeah but how do you separate like on date night do you talk about array or is, do you have like yeah, boundaries so, yes actually very strict ones so once a week obviously date nights but during that date night the the rule quote unquote is that we never chat about problems in the business. So we can talk about exciting, you know, ideas that mm-hmm. we have. We can talk about this like big launch that we have coming and like, oh my God, like I'm so stoked about this or like things like that, which like energize us. But it's never a debate that's going to drain us or take away from like, I don't know, like the date. Because like for us, when I think of date night, and you tell me because you're married too, right? But like you want, the relationships to still feel like sparkly. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, if I'm going out on date night, I'm going to look cute. I'm not going to show up like your co-founder and talk about every problem under the sun. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm guessing it's the same for you guys, right? Where like, do you guys do date nights and stuff? Yeah, all the time. I I love date nights, like all the time, even when we cook at home. Yeah. And we put on the office. I consider that a date night. Absolutely. Yeah, we do that all the time. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it's like, you don't want to be piling on problems at that time. Like there's a time and place. Like let's discuss our problems another time. But that date night, it's like sacred, you know? Yes, I agree 100%. Okay. On that note, actually, so this is an audience question, but since we're talking about this already, where did you and your husband meet? And then I want to get into dating tips too. Of course. So I've spoken about this before, but it's just like how everyone meets mm-hmm. Instagram. Really? <laughs> yes. He slid into the DMs. Stop. Yep. When? But that was like 2018, 2017. Before I had like 50 followers. Uh-huh. So I wasn't like a social media person. Yeah. But we had like a bunch of mutual friends mm-hmm. from like London. Because as big as London is, like it's very small. Like London's small. So we had a bunch of mutual friends. And he just messaged me and he was like, hey, how's your week going? And I remember I saw it and like I didn't respond. And then like a week later, I was like having like a whatever day. I was like, oh, I'm going to respond to this guy. And I was like, I've had better. And he was like, well, I'll make the next one the best. Let me take you out for dinner. And I was like, sure. And he, we just set the time and the date. And that was it. Like, And I think it's important when you meet your partner like through social media or like Instagram, don't talk a lot through dms don't learn everything about each other through dms because then what are you guys going to talk about when you meet in person so we didn't talk a lot we just like set a time on a date i knew he wasn't going to kill me he wasn't a serial killer we had a bunch of mutual friends i was like this guy is like real Mm -hmm. he's not a catfish or whatever i was like whatever let's i'm just gonna go to to this date no Mm -hmm. not thinking anything of it i wasn't like this guy i'm gonna date him or whatever and then I show up and I was like, oh, my God, he looks so much cuter than the photos. Like, guys always do that. They pick the worst photos. You sandbag it, you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, he looks so much cuter than the photos. And then we just, like, clicked immediately. We just, like, vibed. Oh, my gosh. And the rest is history. But I love that. So speaking of this, what are 
dating tips that you have that you can pass on to people based on your experience and just things that you know? Okay. Oof. So many. I do believe that this is like very cliche, but if he wanted to, he would. Like, always look at their actions. Don't look at their words because a lot of guys can say different things, but just look at their actions. Look at what they're doing. Don't look at just like their cute messages or whatever they're texting you. Look at their actions. See if they're planning dates and if they are calling you and want to see you and what they want to do. And I think that's very important. I tell my sister all the time. And another tip is guys, it goes kind of like with the last tip, but guys show you they never are like, oh, he's playing hard to get. They're never like, oh, like this is just like his games. Guys, if they're interested, they show you. If they don't, they don't. If you have to wonder whether they like you or not, they probably do not like you. So. I I could not agree more. I feel like you shouldn't have to do an investigation yes. to like figure out whether like. And I've be- done so many investigations <laughs> when I was young and dating. I was like, does he like me? Like, no, no, bitch, he doesn't. Actually, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is so true. Like, I've like, I remember going through the same shit in college as well, where I was like, I would hold on to like the smallest thing that like this guy that I was like, you know, like situationships yeah. or whatever did and hold on to that hope and like tell myself stories. I Me was too. Like, this is imaginary. The delusion. So delusional. It's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at the end of the day, it's like pretty simple. Like he either likes you or he doesn't. Yeah, they're you like, sure he doesn't. And always stay true to yourself. Stay authentic. Like when you go on dates, be yourself. Don't be someone you're not. I'm trying to think. I'm always giving, I have a 15 year old sister and I'm always giving her dating advice. And I love it because I wish. When I was 15, I had someone to tell me what to do and what's right and what's not. But yeah. What are red flags for you that like women should look out for in general? Red flags, like guys who say they're not good with their phones. Everyone is good with their phone. Everyone is glued to their phone nowadays, 24-7. Of course, there's some exceptions. But if a guy is not texting you back and he texts you like a week later being like, oh, hey, sorry, like didn't see your text. Mm -hmm. He saw your text. If a guy is like messaging you days after the date and you're saying oh he's just not that good with his phone people are good with their phones and also if they want to make time they'll make time if someone's busy all the time they say they're busy of course there's some exceptions to the rule but most of the time you can make some time to see someone so that is another red flag i'm trying to think what else is a red flag guys who are mean to you like a lot of the time and I did a TikTok about this yesterday. A lot of girls are dating their biggest haters. Guys, I saw that. And I was do like, not want to yes. see them succeed. Guys who are jealous of them. When something good happens to them, when they get promoted, when they get opportunities, they are pissed. Like you can tell they're not happy. They're not fully happy. So also that like guys who make like snarky, jokey comments to you. It's like not a joke. It's not a joke. They hate you. <laughs> It's true, though. And, like, sometimes I'll see my friends date these guys who, like, make them feel bad about the fact that they're, like, strong, like, successful Mm -hmm. women. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, your partner should be, like, your biggest cheerleader, not Mm -hmm. this shit. Like, this is crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Like, that is such a red flag. Yeah, that is 100% a red flag. Guys who don't text you after you hung out, like, hey, did you get home safely or take you home? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's also a red flag making sure, you know, you're safe. Yeah. And that's also a big one. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Okay, so speaking of, like, I know that you said that you did that video on, you know, dating like a bad, like a mean, your hater, right? When your TikTok started taking off, did you notice like a very specific kind of video that like really took off? Or did you have a moment where you were like, holy shit, like this can be something? I had one video that took off and... It was so funny and there were so many like jokey TikToks made after it, but it was like my morning routine after a night out. Mm -hmm. And that like kind of like was the first video to blow up. Mm -hmm. And it was like my morning routine after a night out. And it was me making my bed and having my green juice and stretching and showering. And people were like, like stitching it, being like throwing up or like, (laughs) like in the hospital with with IVs. (laughs) But the thing is like, after a night out, 
I, I, I'm not a big alcohol drinker, so I yeah. never meant like after like a drunk night out. <laughs> like this is this wasn't like my hungover morning routine. I just thought like after I went for dinner at like yeah. 6 p.m. And people took it as me being like, this is me after clubbing, which obviously like I wouldn't be like in that state <laughs> stretching and drinking green juice. <laughs> but it was so funny. And there were so many stitches that were so, so funny. And that was the first video that I was like, oh, my God. Did you feel badly, though? What Like, did you ever take it like, oh, people are making fun of me? No, no. You can't take yourself like you can't take things that seriously when you're on social media. Like people are going to make fun of you. People are going to tease you. People are going to comment mean things. You just kind of have to get used to it and laugh with it. You know what I mean? You just have to get on the joke. The second you get on the joke, the second it loses its power over you. You know what I mean? I love that. Were you always like this? Because I think it takes like a certain amount of like, I don't know, self-awareness and self-confidence in order to like see that. I mean, I'm 26. I'm not I didn't start social media super young, like Mm -hmm. in my teens, which I think I would have been more sensitive. And I think my age is a good age to start social media. Like if there's some girls out there listening and they're 25, 26 and they're thinking about it, do it Mm -hmm. because you have thicker skin and you're smarter and you know better. And when you know better, you do better. So I think being, you know, a little bit older than a teenager is helpful when you're doing social media. You don't get as upset when you get mean comments. You know, it's part of the journey and you just have to block and delete. The block button is free. And my page is all about positivity and light and happiness and health. And if you're coming with bad vibes, you're getting blocked. Honestly, yes. And and not constructive criticism. I have a lot of girls that comment, hey, like, I didn't like the way you did this and that. Like, please. And I I take that. Like, I have this one girl that I love and she always gives me criticism. And but she's always polite. It's not what you say it's how you say it. So, yeah, there's a difference. I couldn't agree more. And I think that some people are genuinely like they like your content and maybe they have like a constructive piece of yes. feedback. That, I, like, I like that. Yeah, I love that. I love and that. I got someone for my podcast giving me a really nice piece of constructive criticism the other day. And the way that she opened that message was like, I love your podcast. I'm a big listener and you like spread so much positivity. But like, you know, I was wondering if you could do like this. And I'm like, totally. Thank you for telling me that. Like, I appreciate that feedback. That's so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love when they tell me like notes and what I should do and what I shouldn't do. But even with the mean comments, like, I always like take them into consideration. Like, okay, maybe the way they're saying it is not nice, but let me take that in consideration. What can I change to make my content better? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it. Because at the end of the day, they are my boss. Like, if I had a nine to five, I'd have a certain boss to report to, my boss is the world. So I'm taking their notes, whether they're good or bad, but also don't call me a dumb bitch. Like you might get blocked. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like, there's no, I am a dumb bitch, but don't call me. I can call myself that. You can call me that. I'm dead. Okay. So speaking of routines, since you have a post night out routine, tell us your morning routine because I know you're a routine girly. Okay. I am a routine girly. I think routines are so important They are what makes, you know, a a routine makes your morning and a morning makes your day and a day makes your week and a week makes your month and a month makes your year, et cetera, et cetera. So routines are important. They ground us and they bring some sort of like everyday calmness in our day, in my opinion. That's why I love routines. And morning routine is the most important routine, in my opinion. And I'd love to be that girl that's like, I wake up and I just like meditate for 40 minutes. I don't, I check my phone. I have to be real. I can't not be real and say I don't check my phone first thing in the morning because I do. I check my phone and I just like like to look at like my emails if I have something urgent. I like to wake up around like 7, 7.30 a.m. every day. And then I'll get up and I'll make my coffee in the morning. I like to chug a big glass of water first thing. And then I like to make my coffee and I like to drink my coffee either inside or like I'll go outside in my garden and I'll take my journals and I love to journal. I have my own manifestation journal on Amazon and I always start by writing affirmations, my I am's, because I like to tell myself who I am before the world tells me who I am, especially doing social media. I think it's important telling myself like, I'm strong, I'm love, I'm light, I'm confident, I love myself. I like to write down all my ams. I like to write 
a small like to-do list, some things that I really need to do, some emails, some deadlines. Then I like to go into my manifestation and like write some sentences that I want to manifest. And then my gratitude, like write things that I'm really thankful for. And I like to switch it up. Every day needs to be different, different things I'm thankful for because there's thousands of things to be grateful for. And then I also like to do this thing, which I will start listing things I'm thankful for that I don't have in my life, but I want to manifest. Yes, that's like I I do the same thing. What I've manifested into my life because of it, it's like it's wild. I think the universe for my fat ass. I do not have a fat ass anymore. (laughs) I'm, I'm manifesting it. I'm trying to make that happen. But I like to like thank the universe for things I want to manifest in my life. And the way I've done my my journal page is like it can be done in five minutes. And that is so important for me. If it's like a six page journal, I'm not going to do it. Making my morning routine productive and fast is number one for me. So I can do it whether I'm in a rush. I can do it whether I have all the time in the world. I can do it whether I'm like, you know, whatever. I can do it anywhere. So five minutes of journaling while I drink my coffee and then I have this like, it's called Journey to the Heart. It's mm-hmm. a ba- it's a book where it has like small paragraphs dedicated to each page. So like October 12th, it has like, like five little small paragraphs, like literally like 500 words mm-hmm. of like, and it's a good message about the day. So I start the day in a good note. Oh, I love that. I'm going to get that book. Oh my God. You have to get that book. It's so good. And then I will change into activewear and I'll head to the gym. I'll go either do a Pilates session or I'll do like a 30 minute like Stairmaster and some abs or some booty work. But I like to move my body in one way or another. I try to do that like almost every day. Of course, I have rest days, but Mm -hmm. I like to do that a lot. I'll always make my bed in the morning as well. That's also a big thing. And then I'll go back, I'll shower, I'll do my skincare and then I'll start my day. But like I have some non-negotiables, which is journaling. If it's a good day, I'll try and put in a meditation in like after I finish like my coffee and my journaling. And I like to use Superhuman. It's Mimi's app. Do you know Mimi? Mimi's great. Uh, Do you guys? Well, she's not always in London, but like she's she's there right now, right? Yeah, we tried to do something, but I was gone. And yeah, she's great. though. such a sweetheart. She's the best. And her app is just life changing. So I like to do like I try and do it every day. I will do it. I will. I promise on this podcast it's a promise. A 10 minute meditation and then... Yeah, just like move my body, journaling, drinking lots of water, making my bed, taking care of me is very important for me in the morning to start my day off on a good note. And then I can take on the world. That's why I like to wake up early, finish early, start my day at around 930, 1030. I completely agree with you. And I think that having the morning routine makes sure that you're not reacting to things around you, you know, where like if you take the time to ground in an in yourself and like kind of like focus on what's important, then I think it's just like almost like a suit of armor when you're going into the day. Yes, I agree. Also, meditation helps with that. Like whenever I meditate, I'm like, wow, like nothing pisses me off. It's true. Also, a big part of my morning routine, and that is a non-negotiable is calling my mom. I have to call my mom and also my sister. Like I'm I'm like that and like spend time with my husband as well. Like we'll go for a walk. Stuff like that. So cute. I mean, honestly, though, like the days I sometimes I call my parents while I'm out on my walk, like I did that this morning. And like, I don't know, it's like such a nice thing to do, you know, like it's just like a good, happy start to the day. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Okay. So I want to get into audience questions. The first one is Can you share what you do about imposter syndrome and how you found your path? I've definitely felt imposter syndrome all the time. Like I feel it all the time, daily, today. I'm like, wow, I'm at this amazing podcast with this incredible host. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Why am I here? (laughs) But I do believe fake it till you make it, baby. You've got to fake it. You've got to show up as her. Another trick I have is that goes along with fake it till you make it is have like someone in your head that's like it's you, but with a different name. Like, you know how Beyonce has like Sasha Sasha Fierce. Make a separate version of yourself that is the dream version of yourself and have a name for her. And when you need to tap into her, you choose to tap into her and you walk in the room while you embody that person, that version of yourself that is super confident and knows her shit and walks in with confidence. And she owns the room and embody her, try and be her. And the more you do that, the less you're going to have to try to embody her because you're going to become her every single day if you show up as her. And I think that's also another tip I have. Have you read the book, The Alter Ego Effect? 
No, but I feel like I need to. You absolutely need to because the whole book is rooted in exactly what you said because it's actually like a psychologically proven method that a lot of CEOs, athletes, performers use. And you like as one of the exercises, it's like getting really nitty gritty into like what your alter ego is. So like I like have a name for her. Like I know who she is. And like if you don't have a like a clear like image of who that needs to be. Like the author says as well, like if you look at like a celebrity or someone you really look up to, like see if you can embody parts of them because sometimes our imagination won't tell us, but like find someone then that you can model yourself after. That's how I passed my driving test. Really? Yeah, because Kim Kardashian said she loves driving Uh and I am not the best driver. So I'm like, imagine like I'm going to embody Kim Kardashian driving her kids to school. Like I'm so delusional. I love that. (laughs) But yeah. I passed it. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> I just took my test um, two weeks ago. Oh, my God. How did that go? I passed. Oh, my God. I was, yes. I was so happy. And by the way, just if anyone needs any motivation here, I'm 32 and I had never driven in my life. So I had to do all the driving lessons, everything like over the last few months. You as well. Recently. Same, recently. OK, that makes me I feel did, a lot better. I it was so hard. I took like I must have taken like literally 30 lessons. I was like. The more the mirror. I just want to feel so safe on yes, the road. Thank you. I want to be over prepared. I feel like also when you're younger, you're more naive and you don't value life as much as you do when you're older. So you're like, oh, whatever, I got this. You're cocky, you're confident. When you're older, you're like, streets are dangerous. Yes. And I need to be so prepared. I drive like somebody's auntie. You'll catch me like this up close to the to the steering wheel. I'm like so slow. I want all the roads to be like the slowest driving limit because I am I drive like somebody's auntie. Literally same and it's so funny the feedback that I got at the end of the test. The the test guy was like you're very cautious. You don't have to look six times. No one's coming. <laughs> no, no, you got to look six times. I got to look for everyone, every single angle. I'm like, I got to be prepared. I failed the first time because I was going too slow. I was going so slow. I couldn't like gas it. Even in highways, I was like, I'm so scared. Yeah, I was going real slow. Let me tell you, like I at one point right at the beginning of the test, the guy I had who was testing me, honestly, by the way, speaking of manifestation, I woke up that morning and in my journal, I wrote the guy who's doing my test has the best energy and I'm going to pass with flying colors. All of that happened. So the guy who was testing me was the like he was just like he was cool, you know, so he had like good energy and Like right when I started, we like got into the second road and he's like, do you know what the speed limit here is? And I'm like, I think back there I saw it was 35. But, you know, I think I want to go. I'm going at 25 just in case it's not. And he's like, it's 35. Like, like, come on. (laughs) Oh, my God. In London, they would literally cut you for that. Like they're so they cut you for like everything. The the rate pass is like 30 percent. And like where I took it's like crazy. The test is like 45 minutes. It's just like they make you like do all sorts of things and maneuvers. And yeah, it's crazy. Okay, it's quick here. It's like 20 minutes. I'm excited for that. Yeah. So if you, (laughs) you know, if you need a feel good, like after London, this will be a piece of cake, honestly. (laughs) But honestly, some people are made to be passenger princesses. And I think we are made to be driven. Yes. I agree. With our fun little Starbucks drink, giving wrong directions to our husbands. Amen. And then blaming them when they take the wrong turn. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's that's and I'm okay with that energy. I'm okay with that. Like it's, it's I love that. Fun. Yes. I, I feel like this is what I'm made for. <laughs> yes. I agree. Did you get a car? Not yet, but I'm looking into the Tesla for me for now. And then my husband wants to get a different car, which I mean, we'll have to talk about later. But, you know, he's like a bo- like a boy car. <laughs> he know? loves like his Lambos. And... Yeah, he's like, I'm like, we're not doing this. It's like it's impractical. <laughs> so we're we're going to have to land somewhere in the middle there. But, you know, you know, how okay, boys but are. you can have the like mom car and he can have the boy car. Well, I'm like, we should get like a middle ground car because I'm going to drive that shit, too. So I'm not out here like driving uh, <laughs> like a complete boy car. I'm like, let's just get something that's like cool for me too mm-hmm. and the tesla for now so i can like get really good you know while we while we wait for the second car but it must have been hard being in la without a car do you well, burn no, my my husband has so like we we have a car but it's like a rental car basically so he no, but drives be- before you drove yeah i know but he still doesn't let me drive our car so i have to drive my assistant's car poor girl she's so sweet so she sits beside me and she's like my driving instructor 
like literally. And every time we drive, she's like, oh, my God, Sif, you're so much better today than you were yesterday. (laughs) I'm like, this is the energy I need in my life right now. I love her. And honestly, the secret is doing small trips every day, like five minutes, force yourself to get in the car, go to the grocery shop, go to the gym, just force yourself to do a little bit of something. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I just go to the gym every single day. It's like a nice like 15 minute drive. And like, you know, it's like it challenges me a little bit. That's a long drive. Well, like 15 minutes in traffic, like 10 without anything. But yeah, like it helps. Like it forces me to go on the main roads and like tricky intersections Mm because like I don't do those. (laughs) Listen, out here. I only go straight. I don't even turn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go on big boy roads. I don't want to do none of that stuff. Yeah. Over here, it's the trenches. Let me And I you. love traffic because that means I'm not driving. Okay. Honestly, I don't know what people are complaining about. <laughs> I put on a nice song, podcast. a podcast. You know, I'm chilling. I'm traffic chilling. Traffic does not bother me. Yeah. Okay. Roads bother me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the next question for from our audience. What are your ride or die makeup favorites? I love makeup. Mm-hmm. I try different products all the time. I'm a makeup junkie. I collect makeup. And I try and wear makeup, not every day, but like every other day, I usually wear makeup. Okay, so off the top of my head, I love the NARS Orgasm Mascara. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But the red NARS Mascara is incredible. It makes my lashes look like fake lashes and I have non-existent lashes. I love it. I love, okay, this is my secret to making your makeup look like skin and glowy and gorgeous and give you that three-month pregnancy glow without the baby that we all want. But I love the um, Laura Mercier liquid highlighter. And I dab that on my skin while after I do my powders. So I'll do it on the top. Instead of like powder highlighter, I like Uh to use the liquid highlighter on my skin, the Laura Mercier. And then on top of that, I'll take the Tatcha Dewy Mist. Uh Though um, They only have one mist, Uh but like the Tatcha Mist, and spray it instead of a setting spray. And that will make my makeup look so glowy and gorgeous. And then the Dawn Lashes by Kiss are incredible. And what I do is I take one strip and I cut it in the middle. And then I tailor it a little bit mm-hmm. because it's still too big. And I apply those two ends on the on the ends of my eyes, like outer corner lashes. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me, it just makes my makeup look so much better. Like lashes always elevate my makeup. And it's so easy. It takes two minutes and... I love it. I do it all the time. And then I absolutely love my iconic nude lip liner by Charlotte Tilbury. I'm wearing it right now. I was going to say your lip situation looks real good. I love Charlotte Tilbury Tilbury lip liners. An iconic nude is my favorite shade. And it's my ride or die. It's literally tiny. You know, when you like sharpen and use uh it every day, it's tiny. But I love to use that with the KKW lipstick in the middle. Uh And then I take the Fenty Gloss Balm and Uh I do that over. And it just looks so good. I can attest to that. (laughs) It looks really good. (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying to think if I have other like ride or die products. I feel like like to try different ones. Also, the Armani Luminous Silk Foundation is incredible. I have it on right now. It, that's why your skin looks flawless. It, it, like truly, it's like it's like your skin but better. It's your skin but better. It's so good. It's so glowy. It's good though. I wouldn't suggest it if you have acne because mm-hmm. I did try it when I was when I had some acne and it didn't work. It didn't cover my face. But if you have normal to dry like skin, you will love it. I love the Armani Luminous Silk. It's so good. I love the Hourglass Concealer. I haven't tried it, but I want to. It's really good. Yeah. And then the Fit Me Powder by Maybelline. Is it by Maybelline? The one that comes with the translucent. Uh-huh. It's from the drug sh- from the drugstore, and it's so good. It's amazing. It's better than some of the more high-end ones that I've tried. Honestly, nowadays, you can find most of what I mentioned in the drugstore. Back in the day, drugstore was not an option. Mm-hmm. We had a couple products. We had some mascaras, but that was it. Nowadays, the drugstore has incredible products and literally you can find everything there that's as good as Sephora and expensive brands. So people have options. People have options and you don't need to have expensive things to look flawless and have amazing makeup. But I will be adding all of these to my (laughs) cart. That being said, please try them and let me know what you think. 
because there my writer dies. But I'm always open to trying new things. I always like to try new things and test makeup out. And I'm the same. Like with makeup, I feel like it's like fun. It's like art. You know, it's like a little project. So Mm -hmm. I like to have fun with it, too. I'm I'm with you. Except like certain writer dies, like the foundation. Oh, my God. I just you can't go back from this. You can't go back. It's It's, it's pricey. But I think foundation is one of the things that it's okay if you spend money on on a foundation because think about building a house. You want the foundation to be really good and steady. And then the furniture, you can buy Ikea and it's okay. But if you have a good foundation, the house is going to be great. Same with your face. Good foundation. The rest can be drugstore. Agreed. Love. Okay, Anastasia, this has been amazing. Tell everyone where they can find you. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, Anastasia Dupi, and then TikTok at Stazulicious. Yes. And what else? My podcast is called Confessions by Anastasia and my YouTube, Anastasia Dupi. And where, like, what should we search for if we want your journal? My journal, go on Amazon and search Manifestation Journal, and it should pop up. Amazing. And yeah, it's also linked in my Amazon storefront on my Instagram and my TikTok. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.